When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do y'all think about these head coaches now getting a little bit more bold with the microphone? I personally love it. I love when my head coach feels confident and comfortable enough and believes in our team enough to go and talk that cash in a press conference. Welcome into the hard count. We talk that cash every single day on this very show. Three times a week, we are live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern. It's college football and only college football. The hard count, it is in fact the people's college football show. So we don't do anything extra. We don't have any additives. There's no agendas like, is ball and only ball around here, baby? And that's how y'all watch your college football on Saturday. That's how we talk about our college football here. Like I said, every single day, we're glad to have you here. We have a ton to jump into. It is final thoughts, final predictions, kind of Thursday as we do every single Thursday. But I told y'all, man, this, this week five slate, man, it is... It is deeper than the final night of church camp. It is deeper than the depth of the Pacific Ocean. So we have one more game to break down. That is Texas welcoming Kansas to the 40 acres. We'll give you a prediction for that one. A lot of people throwing around the word upset alert. A lot of people asking, well, would that be an upset if Kansas were to win at Texas? Like, it would be surprising. That spread is pretty sizable, but do not get it twisted. Kansas, that's a good football team out there in Lawrence. All right, they, they know what they're doing out there. Lance Leipold's got the boys rolling. Jalen Daniels is dealing. It is Thursday, September 28th, 2023. We're so glad to have you here. We're also going to talk a little bit about what I mentioned at the top of the show with how do you feel about these coaches being a little bit more bold and maybe having a, a little bit more to say when they step to the mic. Ryan Day literally saying, yeah, watch this to his SID when he takes the mic game in South Bend. You got Ryan Day talking that cash. You got Deion Sanders, Ben talking that cash. You got Dan Lanning, not afraid to say it with his chest. I don't know if you say he's trash talking, but he's definitely saying what he wants to say. What do you think about that? We'll break it down here in just a second. Before we get to that, though, we got the upset forecast here in just a second for you. And you know how we do that if you're not, not new, if you've been tuned in for any length of time. If you are new, the way that we do the upset forecast, just like a weather forecast. Hey, this is what we think for this game. Here's the percentage chance of the upset. It's up to you how you want to go about betting on that game or watching that game or not watching that game. So that's kind of how we get down. Before we get to that, though, I want to make a quick announcement. And if you follow me on Twitter or on X, I know we still call it X now, or on Instagram at JD Pakel, then y'all found out yesterday we told y'all on Tuesday's show, we were going back and forth about going to a game. We wanted to get to a game. We just weren't sure logistically what was most doable with how deep this slate is. And with us getting back on Sunday morning and just attacking the content on this channel with our Sunday sprint, where we just churn out a ton of videos from what happened from the day before, we settled on a game. The program is headed to Knoxville, Tennessee for the game with South Carolina coming to Neyland Stadium. You got the dark mode engaged for, for Tennessee with the black uniforms. Neyland will be bumping. South Carolina also took down Tennessee last year in Columbia. Like this, this was a game where as soon as the schedule became solidified for what it was going to be, and you kind of got around to looking at the schedule, we had a lot of people tell us, hey, 
that game when South Carolina goes to Tennessee, that'll be personal. That'll be electric. That will be a game that Josh Heupel's had circled. That'll be a game for Shane Beamer to take a, another step in terms of what he's doing out there for the Gamecocks. So we cannot wait to get out there and meet all of y'all. Have had nothing but a phenomenal experience every single time we've touched the road this year from Texas, Alabama to this past weekend with Clemson and Florida State. Expect this to be no different. Have already received a lot of DMs from y'all. So we're fired up to get out there. Cannot wait to be with y'all and cannot wait to watch this electric matchup with Tennessee and South Carolina. Should be a great game. And uh, I'm just excited to be on the field for that one, too. Excited to, like, take in Neyland Stadium. We've heard a lot of good things about it. Now we get to experience it for ourselves. So thank you all for making that possible is what I want to make sure we say. Excited to meet you all there, but thank you all for making that possible. We don't get to get out on the road. We don't get to be at these kind of games if you all aren't subscribing and liking the show and, and telling your friends and allowing us to have this kind of presence. So thank you in advance for that. And thank you so much for making that happen. All right. It's that time of the week now. Get out the sunscreen, get out the sunglasses, maybe maybe get out the rain jacket or the umbrella. We're going to talk about the upset forecast for this upcoming slate in week five. It is a loaded slate, a game that we actually already predicted I want to start with. We have Colorado and USC. USC going to Boulder, Colorado. It is no secret now. USC's had some issues on the defensive side of the football. This is the game where we have to see an upward trend from USC's defense. And we'll talk more about a little bit later in the final thoughts prediction segment. But Colorado now, if you're watching that Arizona State tape from USC, Arizona State in a lot of ways had some trick plays in there and kind of threw the kitchen sink at times. But to the exact same token, there were some times where they're just running inside zone and getting what they want. Scadaboo's got like 100 yards rushing on the day. Drew Pine's back there throwing one-on-one -on -one and feeling pretty good about doing it, and their guys are coming down with the football. So if those playmakers from Arizona State can get it done against USC, maybe Colorado can do it. Xavier Weaver, not Xavier Worthy, Xavier Weaver is a guy that I expect to see the football a whole lot in this game. Jimmy Horn Jr., also a threat to make some big plays against this Trojan defense. If USC doesn't bring their A game on the back end, Colorado will score points. The key to this one, though, is are they allowed to take advantage of those matchups with what happens in the front seven? Because I promise you, USC, they watched that tape against Oregon, too, for Colorado. And they saw them just get bullied. I mean, just straight up take your lunch money, make you take the long way home from school kind of bullied is what Oregon did to that Colorado offensive line. So USC, they have the personnel up front to do that. But Sean Lewis now, if he can scheme it up a little bit, get Shador Sanders into some quick game, Get him some easy access throws. Heck, maybe get him on the move a little bit. Have him roll out and run away from those big boys up front. Some good things could happen. So we already gave you our pick in this game. We think USC wins this football game. But the chance of upset now, we got it at 22%, according to our calculations. And those calculations are uh, strictly based on how we feel in our gut. So those are the calculations for you. Arizona, welcoming Washington. And this is a game that Arizona is... 18 and a half point dogs. Arizona gets to the quarterback now. They have, I believe, a top 25 sack rate in the country. Also, they're pretty solid against the run. Only allowing a right around three yards of carry. It's good for 26 in the country. And my thing with Washington, they're enormously talented. They've been so dominant. You have people talking about them being one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country, based on what they've done to this point. I understand that. You know how we feel about Washington here? I love Washington. I wish we could just talk about how elite I think Washington is. 
But instead, because I don't have them as a top five team in the country, we get some pushback. That's fine. It's whatever. This conversation around the upset forecast isn't going to help us. But I'm curious to see if Arizona, if they can limit the pass game, they can get to Michael Penix Jr. If they can at least manage the pass game. And when I say manage the pass game, I mean manage the pass game on the defensive side of things. I'm curious to see what Washington does. Because we haven't seen Washington be in a spot yet where they're not able to throw the ball all around the yard. They're like almost 600 yards total offense right now, scoring right around 50 a game. If it gets muddy, if it gets ugly, maybe this could play into Arizona's hands and it's a bit of a game in the fourth quarter. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying if we're forecasting it, that would be a situation where this game could be very, very intriguing. Now, here's the big kicker if you're Arizona. You may or may not have Jaden Delora. At the time of us being live, no idea if he's playing or not. I have no idea if we'll know that he's playing or not before this game, but right now, have no clue. If he plays, he brings that mobile element to Arizona's pass game, and he also, just quite frankly, could be a game plan breaker against Washington with what they do defensively. Hard to scheme for a mobile quarterback. Like, you drop the right play, but still, they make plays, and you're just like, man, I don't know. We had the right play. He just went Houdini on us and threw a touchdown pass. I don't know. I'm not saying that happens. I'm saying that's available to you if Jaden Delora plays. So if he plays, I think Arizona has a 24% chance of upset to upset Washington, that is. Without him, don't like them nearly as much. I don't see how you can match scores with Washington in that space. Even if the defense holds it down for a minute, you got to be able to keep some kind of pace with Washington because I think they will still score a fair amount of points. Without him, got him at an 11% chance of upset for the cats that's a good one though i think it's a sneaky game make sure you're tuned into that one here it'll be a late night one little caffeine special break open the red bull maybe get you a little coffee it's pumpkin cream season at starbucks get you one of those to cap off the night i'm just saying keep an eye on that one you'll want to stay up for it alabama at mississippi state mississippi state 14 and a half point dogs and i'm not talking about the mascot how fixed is this bama offense Fixed is maybe even the wrong word to use, but we saw this offense without Jalen Milrow now go out against USF and score less than 20 points. We saw them against Ole Miss look a lot better. Jalen Milrow still threw an interception you don't love to see, but even so, like you feel better about the offense with him running the show. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not 100% sold on Bama's offense just yet. I think they have all the tools to do it, but I haven't seen them consistently execute yet. So factor then into the mix that Mississippi State was just launching bombs. Absolutely just launching bombs against South Carolina last weekend. Now, some of that, I think, has to do with South Carolina. I think some of that, though, you also look at Tulu Griffin. He was putting up road-to-glory kind of numbers, y'all. Like 256 yards, a touchdown, and seven catches. That's a stat line I'd put up in my freshman year if I'm doing a wide receiver with road-to-glory. Like, that's the kind of numbers I'm doing with my player. Tulu Griffin did it in real life. Okay, so... Obviously, Alabama's secondary will present some different challenges. But our rule around here when it comes to upsets, if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And Mississippi State has a quarterback in Will Rogers. So for them, we put them at a 16% chance to upset Alabama. I still think the physicality of Alabama is going to be too much. I also worry about Mississippi State going enough to the pass game to be able to take advantage of Tulu Griffin and, and Will Rogers. But that's the matchup you got to watch for Mississippi State. If you can go to the well enough times, things could get tricky. And again, this could be a little fourth quarter special where you're checking the ticker and all of a sudden a game that you weren't really planning to watch with Alabama-Mississippi State becomes must-see TV.
So keep an eye on that one. That'll be a whole lot of fun. And uh, again, we give them a 16% chance of upset. So don't don't cancel the picnic because of the rain forecast. I'm just saying keep your plans, but keep an eye on those clouds. Could be intriguing. Another game we already predicted, but I think we got to circle back to here. Auburn plus 15 and a half with Georgia coming to Jordan-Hare. And I think, to be honest with y'all, I think that a upset in this spot for Auburn, if they were to beat Georgia at the crib, I think it requires Robbie Ashford at quarterback. I'm not calling for Peyton Thorne to be benched. I'm not calling for him to not play well. I'm just saying in this exact spot, Robbie Ashford has a little bit more of the element of surprise. From what I can see, I think the offense has a little bit more direction with him playing quarterback. A little bit more of a design quarterback run element is available to you. Peyton Thorne can run the football now. Kirby Smart made sure to say that during his press conference this week. Peyton Thorne's a good athlete. I just think Robbie Ashford has a different gear to him. And I think that X factor is what you would need in a game like this. I also think when you talk about X factors, it's a rivalry game. Like we all understand now when it comes to rivalry weekend, and this is not rivalry weekend, but it's a rivalry spot in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. We kind of throw records out the window. You throw logic out the window. You say, yeah, we know it was true up to this point, but to a degree, like it's a rivalry. We don't actually really know what's going to happen. So that's the beauty of this thing. We're not picking Georgia to lose this football game. We actually already predicted Georgia to win this football game, but you still have to kind of keep an eye on the fact that Carson Beck, first road start now, in a not-too-easy environment in Jordan-Hare. That place will be rolling. That place will be rocking. You wonder how he responds. I think he'll respond well, but there's definitely a world where the wheels come off the wagon for Carson Beck. A couple of turnovers. This Auburn team has life, and they start scoring points. And, like, all that's to say, percent chance of upset, baking in the rivalry factor. We're going to put this at a 20% chance of upset for Auburn. We already picked Georgia to win the football game. But in terms of the path to an upset, I think it exists for Auburn. The line also, just so we're clear, has been kind of moving around here. The best odds you can find right now are Auburn plus 15 and a half. I think I've seen 14 and a half out there as well. Regardless, that's how we feel about the upset slate for this week. We're not calling our shot here. We're just giving you a forecast. We're trying to be an asset, a resource, a tool, if you will, for y'all. But regardless, it's going to be a phenomenal slate when it comes to week five of the college football season as is every single weekend in this beautiful game that you love, that we love. Make sure you subscribe right here. Thank you in advance for that. Man, I'm just, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to walk out there in Neyland Stadium and see that place going crazy. That's going to be an electric environment. I mean, we have, we have people that uh, have went to Tennessee that work here and people that I know that went to Tennessee that work other places and they just have all said the same thing like, hey, man, that atmosphere this weekend is going to be special. And that was, in large part, a reason why we decided to go there over other places this upcoming weekend. Uh, if y'all could do me a favor and just hit that thumbs up button under the video. Got a little streak going here. I believe we're at 25 shows in a row with 100 likes before we get off the air. So if you could like the video, we'll keep that streak going. We'll have ourselves a good little Thursday. Get ourselves ramped up for the college football Saturday upon us. And uh, yeah, it would, would just be tremendous. So thank you in advance for that. Now, another way to make your college football Saturday that much better is by rolling with us on the prize picks train right now. I sat right here this time last week. I said, I promise you, we got some winners. Do what you want to do. What happened? We got you some winners. And if you rolled with us on prize picks, then your bank account benefited. So I'm sitting here telling you the exact same thing. Uh, we don't lose. We don't, we, we don't lose around here. So I'm calling our shot again. 
some more prize pick squares for you. Use JD 100% deposit match when you redeem that through prize picks. Okay, so code JD 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. Okay, so you put down 100, they put down 100. And then we retire on an island somewhere. So enough of that. Here's what we like this week in prize picks. Brock Bowers, they're giving us a half touchdown, either rushing or receiving. Brock Bowers is the alien that the government has already told us exists. He just wears number 19 and plays for Georgia every Saturday. Cash in the more right there. Jaden Daniels, half a rushing touchdown. We've gone to this well before. We cashed in with that. We're going back to it. We'll take the more there on the rushing touchdown for Jaden Daniels. Will Shipley, a familiar sight, half a rushing touchdown. We took it last week against Florida State. All good. We'll keep rolling with it. Another half rushing touchdown against Syracuse this week. We like the more. We like it a lot. We're rolling with that. KJ Jefferson, one and a half passing touchdowns against this Texas A&M defense. I think there's gold in those hills, and it's just waiting for us. We'll take the more. A lot of mores. If you're, if you're noticing a theme here, we root for good things to happen to good people. Sorry. Sorry we root for points. Sorry we root for guys to, to realize their dreams and score touchdowns and throw touchdowns in big-time college football games. All right? Sorry about that. Marshawn Lloyd, 92 and a half rush yards against Colorado. I watched the tape. You probably watched the tape or you saw it in real time. Those Colorado linebackers had absolutely zero interest in contact with a pulling guard from Oregon. USC, they like to pull the offensive lineman a fair amount. They'll do it on counter. They'll do it on power. Regardless, Marshawn Lloyd will take the more there with 92 and a half rush yards. I hope that Colorado can match scores there a little bit so we're able to get that more there because I would hate to see Marshawn Lloyd be sipping some power rate in the third quarter, sitting at like 75 rushing yards. So keep an eye on that. We like the more there. Now, Bo Collins, 51 and a half receiving yards against Syracuse. Listen, we're, we're a more kind of show. We think more is more. However, in this spot, we've got to exercise some better judgment. Bo Collins has not had more than 51 receiving yards against any FBS opponent yet this year. Bo Collins, I love Bo Collins. Bo Collins from where I'm from in Southern California. Went to St. John Bosco High School. Like, I have all the admiration in the world for Bo Collins. However, Bo, we're going less on 51 and a half receiving yards this week in Syracuse. Nothing personal. I hope you prove us wrong. But for the sake of this prize picks lineup, uh, we hope that you're right around 51 flat. How about that? So, again, redeem code JD, 100% deposit match, up to 100 bucks. If you put 40 down and we hit on all six of those squares, 1,000 bucks. Okay, so you go ahead and, and put down 20, redeem code JD, 100% deposit match. They'll get you another 20. You put that all in on this one. I'm just saying, pay for those Christmas presents just a little bit early. If we get five correct, you double it. And if we get four correct, you're not leaving empty-handed. So that's the prize picks lineup for us. I'll also put that on my Twitter page. So follow me there at Jody Pakel to stay up with all that we got here on the prize picks side of things. We appreciate prize picks being for the people, by the people, and making sure that we get to enjoy this college football Saturday as we should with some prize pick squares. Like Dion says, man, don't let me get comfortable. Getting a little bit comfortable, are we, in the prize picks world? I'm just saying, we're heating up. Ride the hot hand. Speaking of Deion Sanders, man, I want to circle back to a conversation that I think is uh, 
it's kind of become a theme here throughout the early part of the college football season. And that is college football head coaches stepping to the mic and just saying how they feel. And to be honest with y'all, man, I've loved it. I've loved every single second of it. I love opening my X app or my Twitter app, whatever you want to call it, Instagram even, and seeing a snippet of a head coach just being authentic and saying what they think. And we've seen it a couple of times here. Deion Sanders has said it really since he got the head coaching job at Colorado, even before that, but now we just got a little bit more of a spotlight on him. We saw Dan Lanning do it after the Colorado game. We saw him do it before the Colorado game. Talking about Colorado and what they haven't done in the Pac-12 conference and all that. Ryan Day grabbing the mic post-game on the field in South Bend, Indiana after Lou Holtz said some stuff about his football team. And the SID, someone uh, captured this and put it on social media, can tell Ryan Day is a little bit worked up. And they kind of just grab him and say, hey, you know, take, take a breath here. Let's, let's settle in. And Ryan Day from what I could tell in that TV copy, just says, yeah, watch this. And then goes on to essentially defend his football team very publicly. Says, I can't believe Lou Holtz said that. And so it kind of got me thinking. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine over this past weekend as well. Like, this is a new thing in some sense for these head coaches to say what they're saying on these microphones, to walk up to the mic and say it with their chest and talk their cash. So I love it. Got some thoughts on it. Want to hear y'all's thoughts on it, but make sure you're subscribed right here. It's college football every single day now, live three times a week. Prediction Tuesday, big time Wednesday, final thoughts slash final predictions Thursday. Regardless, I want y'all dialed in here 11 a.m. Eastern on all those days, but just make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the content we got for you. Also, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you call it these days, at JD Paquel. We appreciate y'all in advance for that. The reason why I love this so much, the reason why I love hearing these coaches just like say what they feel and, and really just speak their mind on the mic, the reason why I love it is because it's a temperature setter. It's a temperature setter. Because it, it's not a one-size-fits-all. I'm not saying every single coach has to do this, but if I'm in the locker room and I hear my coach say what Deion Sanders is saying or I hear my coach say what Dan Lanning is saying, you know what kind of message that sends to me? It says my coach is confident. He believes in us. And if coach is confident, we're confident. I say it all the time. Teams take on the persona of their leadership. There is nothing more superior on your football team. There's, there's, there's no higher position of leadership on your football team than your head coach. And so if we're going to go out there and be confident, it probably starts with our head coach being confident. And I think right now in the day and age of social media and the day and age of guys being mic'd up and cameras on the sidelines and YouTube. Like the beautiful part about this is, this is a new opportunity for these kind of coaches to get this kind of exposure. Like these were always things that were being said to a degree. The difference is you would just read about it in the paper the next day, or you would hear about it on the radio later. It'd be talked about in a talk show. In real time, we can hear these coaches saying, yeah, I believe in my guys. We're about to go handle business. We're about to beat the heck out of them. Like let's roll. And so you get to speak to the media Yes, but also as a head coach, your opportunity to speak to your team is enhanced. These coaches are enhanced. They're not just names holding a position that are saying random things at a microphone for a couple of minutes on a press conference during a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is. Like These are human beings now that get to send a message to their football team. And the interesting thing, we've heard Saban do this a few times. He was actually one of the first guys in my mind to do this. You send a message to your football team through a press conference, through an interview, through the media. 
Like you have the ability now to apply pressure to your football team based on what you say during the week. For example, hey, our receivers now, we, we need more from them. If we want to win this football game, we need to have more from our receiving group this week. Well, if I'm a receiver in the locker room and I hear my coach say that, I feel the pressure to perform. And some guys do well with that. Some guys don't. But I promise you, the guys that you need to succeed on Saturday will do well with that. The guys that are cut from the right kind of cloth, they will do well with that. And I'm just using that as an example. But I think it's a unique opportunity now for these head coaches to kind of turn the, uh, turn the heat up a little bit on their team in a good way, the competitive heat up in a good way. Now, there's going to be a lot of people now. We've heard it already. We've seen some of this. It's bad for the game. It's theatrics. It's, it's becoming WWE. It's poor sportsmanship. That's a good one. It's, it's a lack of leadership. That's, that's immature. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You know what it is? It's football. It's competitive juices flowing. Like, th- there's now more mics and more acceptance, I think, for coaches to speak their mind. But this, this is something that's been going on for a long time. Like, this isn't the same thing. We saw the clips from the cinematic recap of the Oregon video when they played Colorado. And you got Shiloh Sanders at midfield saying some wild things about Oregon and what he's going to do. And people see that and say, oh, my gosh, what a poor sport. What is he doing? That is, that is horrific. I hate that. Well, yes, we hate that because we're sitting at home comfortable on our lazy boy or in bed and we're looking at this highlight video from the comfort of society, that's not society. That is war. (laughs) Like when you step between the white lines, anything goes. You know why I'm okay with that? Because you have to then back it up. Shiloh Sanders saying what he said, Dan Lanning, Deion Sanders, all those guys saying what they say leading up to the game, they got to go back it up in a matter of minutes. Dan Lanning telling his football team, we're about to go speak with our pads. We're not about clicks. We're about wins. He then had to go back that up minutes later. And so I'm fine with it because it's not just talk. It is the lead up and it is competitive juices flowing before you go to battle. And so I am all about it. And there's people that will have issue with that. The people that have issues with that never really competed at a high level. And that's fine. That's not shade on them. I'm just saying there's a certain degree of context you need to interpret this correctly. And so every time you touch a microphone now as a head coach, guess what else? You have the opportunity to recruit. That's the reality. Anytime you touch the mic, you have the opportunity to recruit. And so whenever Dan Lanning steps up to the mic, whenever Deion Sanders steps up to the mic, you know who's hearing them? You know who's hearing those guys? Recruits. Yes, you have phone calls with guys. Yes, you have official visits. But what kind of message do you want to send to a high school recruit is really what you got to ask. Because everything I've heard Ryan Day say, everything I've heard Dan Lanning say, everything I've heard Deion Sanders say, like, To be honest with you, they're saying, I love my guys. They're saying, I'm for my guys. They're saying, I believe in my guys. And it's war with anyone who feels differently. It's us versus y'all. Come and get it. You know what kind of message that sends to a recruit? That a guy's loyal. That a guy cares about his guys. That he's going to fight for you. That he believes in his guys. You want to go play for a guy like that or a guy who just says nonsense coach speak for a matter of minutes after a game when he just got embarrassed or whether he just had a big win and shows zero emotion. You want to go play for a robot? You want to go play for a guy who wears a heart on his sleeve and goes to war for his dudes? I think that's the question you got to really consider when it comes to is this poor sportsmanship? Is this bad leadership? No. It's guys being authentic. And I promise you, confidence, loyalty, emotion, 
people in general gravitate to that recruits gravitate to that you want to know why because people commit to people yes you commit to a logo yes there's nil baked into it yes there's all those factors but at the end of the day recruiting at its very core the kids that ultimately will will last at your school and stay at your school are committed because of the relationship all right so results ultimately let's make sure this is clear those speak the loudest so just because Kirby Smart isn't out there talking his cash every other Saturday into the mic, like, I think if Kirby Smart were poked the right way, I think there would be a fair amount of things said from him. Same thing with Nick Saban. But results speak the loudest. And the reason why Dan Lanning went viral on Twitter the other day, because his team got results, and he talked about it afterwards. Same thing with Ryan Day. Big spot, team just won a football game, says what he wants to say. Talks about his football team. Results speak the loudest, but I'm loving the fact that these coaches now are being a little bit more vocal, and I'm loving the fact that us in the media and us as college football fans get more exposure to it. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I hope we see more of it because I think it's good for college football. I think it's phenomenal for college football, man. You got to love it. Oh, you got to love it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. Hey, appreciate y'all that are just now subscribing and new to the channel. It's college football, baby. It's only college football. A lot of shows out there that we love, but we don't have an agenda. We don't have additives. We don't have any extra anything baked into this. Like, it's just fall Saturdays. And it's just college football fans here. So make sure you're dialed in. We appreciate y'all being dialed in. And, uh, hey, listen, we got, I mean, after this week, we'll have, what, seven weeks left of the college football regular season, give or take, for your football team? I'm just saying now we gotta we gotta capitalize on this all the way through thanksgiving week and we gotta capitalize on this and uh want y'all a part of this so thank you in advance for that now a big game maybe sneaky game is the right word to use you got kansas going to the 40 acres to play texas the line is right around texas 16 and a half texas minus 17 330 eastern on abc and what have we said with texas for a while now man all about culture it's going to be about texas going forward they got the better roster Probably the best roster in the Big 12. You already beat Alabama, so you're kind of over your biggest hurdle. You got Red River next week. This is a look-ahead spot for Texas. Do not get it twisted. If Texas does not play their A game, if Texas takes their eye off the ball and they don't want to play to the standard they have cultivated internally there and kind of revert back to old Texas. I throw that in quotes for y'all on podcast. Old Texas. Well, then things get interesting. Because I wholeheartedly believe Kansas, the reason why we didn't talk about this during our upset segment Yes, the spread would indicate if Texas wins, it's an upset, or if Kansas beats Texas, it's an upset, rather. Kansas is a good football team. Kansas has got a good quarterback in Jalen Daniels, who's got a sick necklace that plays his highlights. I'm all about that. Lance Leipold, good football coach. Like, there's nothing gimmicky about them. Andy Staples and I talked about this last Sunday. Not just a gimmicky football team. Like, this is a good football team to where if you don't bring it, they will beat you. So there's a reason why they have the, uh, the juice they do right now in terms of what they are in the college football landscape. I'm telling you, man, if they win this football game, one, I promise you, they would love to send Texas out of the Big 12 with an L. That's the first part of this. The other part, it would be a statement for Kansas. It'd be a statement for Kansas. All this buzz around basketball and what they've been, like I've, I've said it really since last year. Some of it's tongue-in-cheek. Some of it's dead serious. Kansas is making strides to be a football school. You can be good at both, and Kansas is making the case to do that. A win over Texas uh, would be a nice little statement, a nice little notch in the belt for them as they send Texas out of the Big 12 Conference. Make sure you're subscribed. 
Make sure you're dialed in here. College football, only college football, all right? Appreciate y'all in advance for that. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, at JD Piquel. Thank you so much. So the spread, we say this on here every single time we see a spread like this. Anytime you got double-digit spread, it's over two touchdowns. Spread is what it is for a reason, baby. Like there are some clear advantages that Texas has in this game. There's a reason why they're favored by 16 and a half, 17 points. So for Kansas, we got some non-negotiables if you're going to win this football game, all right? First of which being, we got to play clean offensively. This cannot be a game that's sloppy for Jalen Daniels, and he's, to his credit, done a good job taking care of the football, knock on wood if you're a Kansas fan. This has to be a clean offensive game where we don't spot Texas extra possessions. One, it's hard to win any football game when you give the football away. That's the first part. Second, you really want to give more ammunition to General Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian on that offense and give them a chance to score more points? Don't think so. Don't think so, especially not in Austin and not in this spot for Kansas. Other part of this, when we get in the red zone now, I don't even want to see that kicker. I mean, I I want that kicker in sweats on the sideline. Hey, is he playing? Yeah, he's playing, but not really. Like, no kickers active for Kansas in this game outside of kickoffs and punts. And even then, punts, I don't know if you want to punt all that much. You hear what I'm saying? The sentiment here is we need seven, not three in the red zone. You can bring the kicker out for an extra point. I don't want to see him for a field goal if I'm Kansas. We need touchdowns. You're not going to win this game trading jabs for haymakers with Texas. It's got to be touchdowns. Has to be. Credit Kansas. They've been phenomenal on third down. They're best in the country this year on third down, actually, offensively. Right around 65% is how they're operating. That needs to continue. Got to extend drives. Got to touch the paint. Has to happen. Non-negotiable for Kansas. A big matchup in this game that I'm watching is the talented Texas wide receivers. I mean, they've got more ballers than the N one tour versus the Kansas defensive backs and the physicality they play with. Because you turn on the tape now, and that's something we do on this show. We turn on the tape. We actually watch the games and watch the matchups. We don't just kind of give you our feel for it. Kansas is really physical in the perimeter. Like, they have some big-body DBs that have long arms that are lanky, and they like to get in your grill, and they will do that against Texas. Now, the thing with physical defensive backs, there's a couple of factors to it. One is, how do the refs let them play? How does this officiating crew operate? Are they going to throw the flag the first time they see a little jersey tug? Even if they're not getting the football, they're called defensive holding. If that happens, can cause Kansas to play a little bit more cautious, and that, I think, would, would be a disadvantage to them, obviously, as I think this is one of the key matchups in the game. The other part of this is how do the Texas wide receivers handle that? That's the whole part of this matchup, right? Texas has some big body receivers that can mix it up a little bit, but Xavier Worthy now, he's not the biggest guy in stature. Now you got to catch him first to get your hands on him. But I think whenever you play physical DBs and whenever the refs aren't calling it a certain way, there's a potential now for guys to get frustrated and to get upset and to get impatient. And you can't have that if you're Texas. And if you're Kansas, you absolutely want that because that limits what they can do in the pass game. So if you jam, if you're able to get some press coverage in your Kansas, a couple of things happen. You create quarterback pressure more than likely if you're Kansas because you have to hold the ball back there for a little bit longer if you're Quinn Ewers. And also, we saw this against BYU if you're Kansas, you just create havoc in the pass game. Like, you have a better chance to tip the football. And if there's a tip, the saying in football is tips are picks. That ball's up in the air. I promise you, nine times out of ten, bad things are happening for the offense. Good things are happening for the defense. And we got chaos. 
Kansas wants to cause chaos in the secondary. I promise you, that is a reality for them they would like to live in. Now, if you can't effectively and consistently jam these wide receivers for Texas, it is high risk, high reward. All right, because if you can jam them, well, then maybe you, you force Texas to be more patient and they have to go back to the run game a little bit more and it takes longer for things to develop, like we just mentioned. But also, if you whiff, you give up a big play. Like, you cannot swing and miss at Xavier Worthy. You got to make sure you get hands on and you stay on him and you do not let him out of your, out of your grasp if you get hands on him. Because if you swing and miss, you're not going to be able to retrace and catch up to him. It's probably a big play and that that fight song is probably playing for Texas, all right? And you're probably on the sidelines saying, Coach, I don't know, I tried. And, and you're saying, well, hey, tried wasn't good enough. They just scored six points, all right? Go get you some water. That would be the reality for Kansas if they don't play that way. And that would be a good thing for Texas. So going back to the Texas side of things, it may take some patience. They may have to scheme around it. I'm curious what they do with Xavier Worthy if he sees a few more snaps in the slot than, than usual. And maybe they... Go to A.D. Mitchell, who's, again, big body guy. Like, he's going to be tough to press. Best of luck to you. Or maybe Jatavian Sanders eats a little bit more in this game. Maybe they match physicality with physicality, and they make sure that he gets his touches like he did against Baylor. So keep an eye on that. I think it's a key matchup, and I think it'll dictate the pace at which Texas plays at. Now, going to the offensive side of things for Kansas and the defensive side of things for Texas, the Jalen Daniels ad-lib special against the Texas team speed. In a game like this, man, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And Kansas has a quarterback. This is the variable, too, if you're Texas, that's just difficult to scheme for. You drill it during the week. You drill the scramble drill. You chase around the scout team quarterback. Maybe you even put a skill player at quarterback to try and simulate what Jalen Daniels does. But at the end of the day, man, like when you get out there, when it's 11-on-11 football and it's live as it can be in front of however many thousand people, it's reactionary. The scheme will help you as much as possible. But whenever Jalen Daniels breaks contain and it's a brand new play, like that's the moment of truth for Texas. So if, if they don't handle that well, it one will give you fits and it's going to be a thing that you have to solve for, I think, throughout the duration of the game. It's kind of like a little uh, look, mosquito bite. Like once you get bit, man, once, once Jalen Daniels gets a little bit of rhythm going, it's going to itch. It's going to bother you. It's going to be a thing that you have to deal with probably for the majority of the game. And when that happens, his confidence grows. And Kansas is probably getting to hang around. All right? So keep an eye on that, especially early. That'll be a tempo setter for them. But if they do handle it well, and they do in the first quarter get to him and sack him or force him to throw it away or, heck, let's be crazy. Say they force an interception or two against Kansas. That was in our non-negotiables. Can't have that if you're Kansas. Then things can kind of start to snowball, and then Texas gives it back to the offense. You score points. Kansas belief starts to shrink. The good people on the 40 acres get into it. It's a party in Austin. All right? Have that place looking like 6th Street. That's how it would be. The difference maker for me in this game, though, the Texas line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive line. Forget, forget what the box score says. Forget what the average yards per carry says. We got to see Texas up close and personal when they played Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I understand Texas, they haven't left for the SEC just yet, but the way that offensive line looks, man, those are some big dudes. Oh, those are some big boys now. You, you better eat your Wheaties, maybe, maybe a double dose in the morning to make sure you're ready for that one. I think Texas, even if they have issues in the pass game, and again, that's a very big if, that would require a lot of Kansas to be 
physical on the perimeter. Even if that happens, I think you can lean on this offensive line. I've barely talked about Quinn Ewers in this game because I think ultimately, if they're able to win outside, he'll deliver the football. I don't think this is a game where Quinn Ewers just goes out there and lays an egg. I think he'll have to manage the game a little bit if they have success jamming those wide receivers. But all the way back to my point right here, if it doesn't happen early, you can lean on the offensive line and have those big boys up front, dictate the tempo, take the air out of the football game, and maybe even ultimately cause that secondary to have to do some extra things and then the big plays open up downfield. Bottom line, that's the difference maker for me. The Kansas size, the, the, the Kansas size just I don't think can match up with Texas's physicality ultimately. Even though Kansas has been good against the run this year, I think Texas just brings a whole new level to this football game for them. Final score for me, I think Texas wins 41-24. With that being said, I wouldn't touch the spread. I know you're seeing different lines out there. With this score, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even waste my time with it. At the end of the day, I think Texas wins. And if Texas wins a game like this, we said the spot itself is tricky. A good Kansas football team, you're at home, you already beat Bama, you got Red River next week. So it's impossible to not just look ahead just a little bit and peek over the top and see, okay, we got Oklahoma, let's get after it. If you take care of business the way that I think they can and will take care of business, more evidence now, another, another piece of proof that just says, hey, new Texas. Old Texas, yeah, they would have sort of messed around for a few quarters and heck maybe even messed around and lost this football game I don't think that's what this Texas team will do and I think this is more evidence of what Steve Sarkeesian has done during his time in Austin It'll be a lot of fun man I can't wait to watch it be a whole lot of fun that's uh that's a game where I think you learn a lot about Texas internally personnel wise like Texas should handle business right it's kind of how it feels it's how it feels to me so Here's what we do every single Thursday. If you're new to the show, welcome. You, by now, you've probably heard me say a couple of times, uh, it's college football and only college football. And the reason why I plug the subscribe so much in the segment, I told you all this earlier in the week, a lot of people, they'll just watch the clips later. And I want to make sure they know that one, we're live, we're a live show. And the live show is where this whole community gets together and gets to kind of just talk ball and, and have a good time. So that's the first part. The other part is we can get them on the subscribe on the one-off clips because they'll probably view those a little bit more frequently and then they can be a part of the live show so it's all a part of the plan all a part of the process so i'm about to plug that again here during this next segment just fair warning we appreciate y'all that are watching live just being just being team players and understanding hey this is for the greater good to get more people into the program and be a part of this all right so thank you in advance for that being a part of the building like i said every single thursday we do a final thoughts a final prediction and we're not predicting a game outcome necessarily in this segment. What I want to predict is things that are going to happen within the game. Or at the very least, give you my final, my final thought before we head into week five of the college football season. Because I think that's important for us to get aligned on. Anyone can predict a score. Can you predict what's going to happen within the game to get you to that final score? Right? The game that we're going to be at, which I cannot wait for, man. Tennessee and South Carolina, Neyland Stadium will be electric. You got the dark mode jerseys on. I mean, it's, it's going to be phenomenal. For me, my prediction slash final thought when it comes to Tennessee, man, this is the moment of truth for Joe Milton. This is. I mean, this secondary for South Carolina, they got more question marks than the Riddler, more suspect than the Butler at a murder mystery party. Like, they've got some issues. They showed that last week against Mississippi State. This is a night game. 
It's night game. It's going to be rocking. The energy will be electric for you to feed off of. You got the dark mode jerseys on like we just talked about a second ago. Like if that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. I think the time is now. I do though, just to make it clear, I think we see Joe Milton from the Orange Bowl in this game. Been a lot of talk, been a lot of chatter. They've had, you know, different conversations internally at Tennessee within that locker room to try and get their mind right. They've had their get right kind of game out of the way in my mind. I think in this game we see Joe Milton look like he did in that game against Clemson, launching missiles, throwing darts, and being the catalyst and taking advantage of that South Carolina defense as Tennessee scores a lot of points. Make sure you're subscribed. College football, only college football now. If you're new to the show, welcome. That's all we're about here. No other sport, no other agenda, no other things that are baked into this. It's just ball and only ball right here. So make sure to dial in. We're live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, as we are right now. If you're watching a cut from a one-off video, we appreciate y'all doing that. Make sure to dial in right here, all right? We'd love to have you subscribed and a part of this program. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, at JD Pakel, to stay up with all that we're doing here. Thank you in advance for that. To the other side of things now, for South Carolina, I think the good vibes tour continues for Spencer Rattler. I do, man. Like, the easy talking point is, well, Spencer Rattler, it's been good so far, but he gets in that atmosphere in Neyland Stadium and he gets rattled, no pun intended. But, like, I don't think that's the case, man. His lowest passing yard total on the season came against Georgia where he threw for 256. And if you watched that game, you know Spencer Rattler really was a reason why they were in that game for the most part. I think this game for South Carolina depends all on balance. They were able to run the football well last week against Mississippi State. Can you do it against Tennessee? We'll see. But like at the end of the day, he's completing 74% of his passes. If South Carolina doesn't win this football game, I don't think you look at Spencer Rattler and say, well, look at his stat line. It's bad. I don't think so. I think Spencer Rattler is how you have been so successful to this point offensively. If you can give him some help, things get interesting. If you can be balanced, then you have a better chance of attacking the Tennessee defense. But again, I think the good vibes tour just continues for Spencer Rattler as he continues to make good on what people said about him early on in his career, about being a Heisman Trophy guy, being a number one overall pick guy. I don't know if he has that kind of juice at this point in his career. I'm not predicting him to win the Heisman or be a number one overall draft pick, but I think we go back and say, yeah, Spencer Rattler, that's a good quarterback. That's a good quarterback doing some good things over there for South Carolina. Hey, this is a big game now too. Duke and Notre Dame. This is a massive spot for Duke. or Well, massive spot for Duke, yes, but what I was trying to talk about was Notre Dame. This is a massive spot for Notre Dame because of their playoff hopes. What have we said with the playoff hopes for a little bit here, y'all? Notre Dame, they don't play in a conference title game. History says they might need to be undefeated to get to the college football playoff, but Notre Dame is, or has been, I guess, rather, since that game ended, the Duke-Clemson game. They've been massive Duke fans, and they've also been massive Clemson fans. Want to know why? Because Duke now would be a ranked win for Notre Dame should they get it done in Durham, North Carolina. And then, like I said, the runway is there for them. Their playoff hopes are not on life support, especially if they win this football game. Now, if you drop this football game, two-loss team, not happening. But if you beat Duke, that's a ranked win. You have a final play loss to a top-10 team in the country against Ohio State. You still play USC. So get them in South Bend, mind you. And you play Clemson. So you're rooting hard for Clemson here. Let's go, Tigers. Let's go, boys. Hey, let's get some wins here so we can play y'all. And it'll be a big-time matchup when we get to kind of boost the resume a little bit. But I think the curious thing now for Notre Dame in this game against Duke, needs some style points, y'all. Need some style points. Need some statements to be made. Let's let Sam Hartman cook a little bit more. 
was efficient last week. I want us to kind of rev the engine a little bit more. I know Audrey Gastame is that dude. I understand it. Dude, it, it like probably consumes 400 grams of protein the way that he looks. I'm, sh- I'm sure that that's going to be a factor in the game, but I would love to see us score a lot of points if we're Notre Dame. So style points now, kind of ratchet that up a little bit now. So you still got to win the football game. Any win is a good win, obviously, especially against a ranked opponent on the road. But the stage now for, for Notre Dame, this is kind of a second chance. College game day is there. A lot of people watching this game. It's a night game. Some style points will be required, but the college football playoff hopes are definitely still intact. This is the week now that we learn about USC's defense because they go to Boulder, Colorado. And as, as much as was said about Colorado's offense and what they didn't do against Oregon, I still have to believe they have a lot of personnel on that side of the football that can hurt you if you don't bring your A game. And USC last week against Arizona State, some things left to be desired on tape. Now, I talked to somebody close to USC who said, hey, Arizona State, they did some things schematically that were new to us. They hadn't shown them on tape yet. So we were trying to adjust mid-game and find a way to essentially be able to play the defense we want to play against them. So I think that's true. I wholeheartedly believe that. I don't doubt that. But in this game, we got to be on our P's and Q's because Colorado has weapons that will hurt you. And I saw last week against Arizona State, guys of just quite frankly a lesser talent level win one-on-one against USC in the back end or have the matchup they wanted and take advantage of it I saw inside zone hit a couple of different times for Arizona State and USC do a poor job tackling like this is the game now where I think USC has to not be perfect not make a statement to the rest of the college football world that hey USC is a defensive juggernaut but I do need to see a little bit of an uptick on that graph in terms of progression from USC Because I've held this stance for a while here. I've said this and defended USC for a minute. The defense is not what it needs to be, but it won't need to be what it needs to be until October 14th when they play Notre Dame. Well, hey, that's still true, but you don't just go from bad to good in a matter of a week. Like, you, you don't just wake up, turn the lights on, put on your shoes, and feel different about your defense. Like, there has to be a, a steady trend in the right direction. So against Colorado, this is a tremendous opportunity now against better competition to prove it yes to the country, but also internally that, hey, we, we got some guys here that can do some things defensively. A lot of people have opinions about us. That's fine. Let them talk. But just kind of start to show this, uh, this steady progress on the defensive side of things that when it does come time for that game against Notre Dame, USC is up to the task. And it won't be a matter of, hey, now let's figure it out. Hey, now let's play good defense. Got to watch that. I think it's a a great litmus test for us for USC because if they go out there and just look lost, my concerns start to become a lot more real about the Trojan defense. Now, saying on the defensive side of the ball, let's talk about LSU because they have a huge game in Oxford. They got Ole Miss. And the chips are stacked now for LSU. Like this is a game that you really would like to have if you're going to get back to Atlanta. You would like to have this game over Ole Miss. This game last year kind of felt like it propelled LSU forward. The chips are stacked. And who do you go to when the chips are stacked, man? Like fourth quarter, who are you passing the ball to? Give it to your best players. And metaphorically speaking here, you get Harold Perkins in a position to go berserk. Tasmanian devil. Like I talked about him really in the same light as Tyron Matthew in terms of how versatile he is and how much he can impact the game. I don't necessarily think that they have been enormously aggressive with him just yet because I understand 
He's an asset in a lot of ways for them. Outside of just rushing the passer, they got to they think about his NFL future and the money that he's putting on tape there. This is the game where we need Harold Perkins to take over again. This is the game where you say, Harold Perkins, go eat, brother. Because Jackson Dart, as a mobile quarterback, there will be plays to be made. There will be a responsibility, I believe, on Harold Perkins to get after Jackson Dart. And outside of that, I think Ole Miss is going to do a fair amount to try and attack the second level of this defense, whether it's pre-snap movement, taking advantage of it, whether it's hitting crossing patterns, whether it's getting to guys out in space. Like They're going to try and mess with that second level. So the pressure is on Harold Perkins to perform. I would love to see Matt House cut him loose. Hey, we'll worry about all that stuff about NFL tape later. Harold Perkins, you go hunt. You go hunt. You go get some tackles for a loss, sacks, all that. Take over like you did against Arkansas a couple of years ago. Now, if Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are on it, I would imagine they'll scheme a fair amount for number four. But even so, like I think this is the Harold Perkins arrival game for 2023. He's already arrived, one of the best players in college football. Do not get it twisted, but I think this is the arrival game for him in 2023. Last final thought for us here. Florida goes to Kentucky, noon kick. And I think this is the week where a lot of people are going to start owing Billy Napier apologies. And they got the win against Tennessee. But if you go beat Kentucky at Kentucky against a well-coached Mark Stoops football team, I don't think you crown Florida. I don't think you say they're going to win the SEC. But at the very least, we can all agree like, hey, we were wrong about Florida in the preseason. The five and a half win total probably isn't going to hold. And we did the whole TikTok predictions with their schedule. And I mean, that's honestly from July. So if you want to put stock in that, you're more than welcome to. We don't put a ton of stock in it because we're going win-loss, win-loss for a number of games that are nowhere near happening yet. But we thought Florida would be right around five, six wins. If they win this football game, we were off on that probably on the five win mark. I think six and seven is much more realistic. And that resets the trajectory of what Billy Napier is as the head coach of Florida, does it not? So many people said, well, top five quarterback and you won six football games. What are we doing here? We understand football is bigger than just the quarterback. Enormous part of what happens clearly, but it's not just about the quarterback. Billy Napier was at Florida for a reason because the head coach before him wasn't getting it done. So let's not act like Billy Napier is responsible for the house that he just moved into. He's still getting it situated, but I think if they beat Kentucky this week, and we picked them to beat Kentucky, so we'll see what happens. Calling our shot. We think they beat Kentucky at Kentucky. I think a lot of people have to say, hey, man, hand up. We were wrong about Napier. We were wrong about him. And I will say this. We didn't necessarily call our shot on Florida necessarily when it comes to Billy Napier as a head coach, but we did hold this stance. And I think a lot of y'all probably felt the same way by nature of how y'all responded to those videos. It was always too early to say anything about Billy Napier. It's still too early, but a win, I think, would be difficult for the Billy Napier hater section of the comment section of the Twitter sphere, of the Instagram sphere. Like, I, th I think it would probably be a tough thing to circumnavigate and what you could say about Billy Napier. So I think the Billy Napier apology tour may start this week in Lexington, Kentucky. We'll see what happens there. So a lot of final thoughts, a lot of final predictions there, but that's the beautiful part about college football, baby. They are eventually going to play the games, and all the talking will go by the wayside. It'll be time for it to finally get backed up. Hey, appreciate y'all that are locked in right now and dialed in and subscribed. We're already over 100 likes, so that's a huge shout-out to y'all. The streak keeps on rolling right now. We're about to get into question and answer that we always do on every single live show. We do this every live show at the end of the show. So 
Get those questions in right now. I'm about to do a little quick ad read for us, and we'll get to them. So this is your time right now to get in your questions in this next minute and a half or so while I tell you all about game time. All right? So speaking of game time, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the big-time matchups as we get rolling into the college football season, really halfway through the college football season right now, elite deals, last-minute tickets, and best price guarantee. Don't stress over getting into this game this week with Tennessee and South Carolina or Ole Miss LSU or whatever it ends up being. Don't stress about that. Get the tickets you need at the best prices via game time so game time is the place for last minute last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event so you wake up saturday morning you say man knoxville's not that far hey oxford's not that far i want to be at that game get exclusive flash deals on tickets on all the sports and entertainment events Taylor Swift, her stock seems to be going up in the college football landscape. Have no or college football landscape. Maybe football landscape is a better way to say it. Regardless, she seems to be someone that the college football slash football slash sports media world cares about more and more, which we appreciate. Good for Taylor Swift. Don't know if she's touring. Don't know if she has, she has any concerts. But if she does have a concert, you can find it via game time. So the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you get this 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without the stress with the game time app. Download the game time app, create an account and use code hard count for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code hard count for $20 off. Download the game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So whether you want to go to a college football game, or you want to be in the know about Taylor Swift and where she's playing shows, Game Time's got you covered. So we appreciate Game Time, and we appreciate y'all being tuned in right now, being subscribed, liking the video, moving this whole thing forward, man. Appreciate y'all so, so much. About to get into the live chat. Before we do that, though, I want to make sure y'all know we're doing the same operation tomorrow, but on my Instagram page, at JD Piquel. So, hey, we don't get to your question today for whatever reason. Follow me there. I'm going to post something probably early tomorrow morning, maybe late tonight, and just say hit me with college football or non-college football questions. Get at me on there. We'll answer them. We'll have a good time, and we'll get ourselves ready for this beautiful thing that is the college football week five slate. So to break down some of y'all's questions, concerns, thoughts, whatever it may be, how about the keeper of the queue fresh off of a big, big kickball dub last night for his team, BKE. Had a nice little bunt to get his boy on base. Nick, heavy lifter break. Hey, happy happy victory Thursday, my man. Yeah, dude, I did bunt twice, and the one time I didn't bunt, I I, I got out, frankly. So really, okay. Well, I I saw a clip of you. Trey Andy was there, got some film. We don't have it for the people to watch right now. Maybe maybe a later show. But like, dude, you turned on the burners. <laughs> you got to first base so quick. I was like, that dude's got just incredible stride length. Well, thank you, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed. It. I was impressed. I appreciate it. Uh, some questions here, um, Scooby. Wants to know, J.D., do you think Oklahoma will make the college football playoffs? How about Scooby, man? Just saying mystery machine no more. Yeah. Just dropping it right there and saying, do they make the college football playoff? No. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, they will have a tremendous opportunity to make a statement and to set a, a course for the college football playoff in about a week's time when they play Texas in Red River in Dallas. So, we're going we're gonna to hold our opinions on Oklahoma as it pertains to the college football playoff until they do play Texas because I think that's probably the best measuring stick for us. 
because Texas beat Bama. And, and I don't want to get too far into this. Well, they beat so-and-so, so that means that you're this good. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but I think Texas is probably the biggest hurdle Oklahoma has on the schedule. You get past Texas, you feel pretty good about whoever's left. So we're going to hold our, our, our thoughts on Oklahoma just yet, but I do think that Oklahoma, to this point, has been really impressive. Gritty win against Cincinnati last week. We'll see. We'll see. Also on the road. Good for Oklahoma so far. The offense looked really good. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give it some time before we make any definitive statements there. Man, Drake is getting very impatient to want to know what, what are your championship aspirations? What do you think Ohio State's got here in the bag, J.D.? Do, can they make a college football playoff? Can they win it? What do you think, J.D.? Well, first of all, Drake being impatient with us. Drake, we're impatient with you, brother. You, you pushed <laughs> back the album. We were going to drop on in September, and now we got October 6th. Drizzy, what, what are we doing here for all the dogs? We need that. Um, Thoughts on Ohio State. They are, I think, in a place that is curious in the sense that they probably played poorly enough in some sense besides that last drive to lose Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame ran for 176 yards, but I do think the edge this team has makes them a little bit more dangerous in my mind, Nick. Like, this is an edge and a physicality from this Ohio State team that was impressive to me in that game and showed itself in that game. Like, I don't know if last year's Ohio State matches up the way that you would want them to against Notre Dame. I'm not saying they lose that game. I'm just saying I, I feel a little bit more sense of urgency from this team on, on the line of scrimmage. So uh, the curious thing to me now, like I think the Big Ten is more, it's much more of a gauntlet than it was last year. Michigan's Michigan, but Penn State, it's a top 10 defense in the country. Top five defense in the country, arguably. So those two games present different challenges. You got to feel good about where you stand after Notre Dame being able to win a game like that on the road in the fashion you did. It all comes down to me, Nick and Drizzy Drake. If Kyle McCord, if that moment for him, that last drive is like the oxygen he needed to just propel himself forward. We talked about it after the Western Kentucky game. I think that propelled him to, to play well in the Notre Dame game. Does the Notre Dame game slingshot him into the stratosphere and where this, this offense is scoring like 40 a game going forward? Because I think it's built to do that. I think it has to do that. And I think Kyle McCord's the guy to do that, but I need to see him do it consistently. So thoughts on Ohio State, to sum it up, uh, I think they will absolutely be in that playoff conversation. Um, We're going to wait till October 21st to learn about them in the Big Ten standings. We may be at that game, spoiler alert, so we'll see what happens with the uh, Ohio State-Penn State game. But uh, curious, curious to say the least, Nick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joshua, J.D., do you think Alabama, if they lose two games but win the SEC West, would make the college football playoffs. I don't. I'm assuming that means they win out and win and lose in the SEC championship. JD, I'd say no. But if they are to lose a game in the SEC play and then go win the SEC, JD, could they be the first two lost playoff team? Man, that's that's so tricky because I think he said they would win the SEC in that scenario. Correct. So there are two He's, losses. They lose. Let's say they lose to somebody. Let's say they lose to LSU. Yeah. And I don't know how you end up in the SEC title game. If you lose that game to to LSU, well, I guess you just have that one loss. Mm-hmm. Curious, don't know exactly how it all works out, but we'll just take that at face value. If Bama has a two-loss football team, but they win the SEC, I think there will be so much chaos. I think there'll be so many other good teams to where I think Bama's still on the outside looking in. And I mean, when I started saying that, and I was like, there'll be a lot of chaos, so maybe that favors Bama. Like, I really, I just, it's hard for me to go against history here. Two losses. It's just the ultimate trump card. Like, I know you say it's against Texas. Maybe you say it's against LSU. Like, good football teams, whatever. Like, I think good losses are still losses, and I think Bama would be on the outside looking in. So, 
That would also be curious because history tells us an SEC champ gets in. They don't get left out typically, but if you're a two-loss champ, I, I do think you ultimately have to watch that college football playoff unfold from, from home. New Year's Six Bowl, so that's nice, but I don't think you make the college football playoff with two losses. It's all funny. It would be very ironic if someone goes in with two losses this year, the year before we expand. <laughs> right, because everyone's mm -hmm. like, well, you got to, you know, we want to have more teams in it, and yeah. if you lose once it's, or lose twice, it's already over. Yeah, that would be like, it's kind of like the Pac-12, like yeah. just throwing a party before they turn the lights out on the Absolutely. conference. Absolutely. Like that, Caleb Williams is going nuts, Bo Nix is going nuts, Michael Penix Jr., they're scoring like 1,000 points a game, and it's just like, no, we're, uh, we're going to blow the conference up after this year, probably. Yeah. It's quite a good curtain call. Uh, Reed Shannon. JD, how wide open, this kind of segues in, or goes from the last question, how wide open is the SEC this year? Man, that's a really good question. George is there. George is there. <laughs> how wide open is it? I think it's fairly wide open. I think LSU will learn a lot about them this weekend. Just the way that LSU is playing right now, like the whole wish list for you if you're an LSU Tiger fan was like, man, the defense was really good last year. And we got Harold Perkins and Mason Smith is going to be a guy this year for us. And like if the offense can just be more explosive. Well, the offense has been explosive, but the defense has left something to be desired. Uh, we're still waiting to see mode on Carson Beck. I don't know if we're going to find out what they are really until November. Get a good gauge this weekend, but I don't know if we find out really what they are till November when they play Ole Miss and they play Tennessee. And like who's to say what Tennessee is? So I, I think it is at this point in week five, about as open as it could be, especially with LSU showing some humanity against Florida State. I know it's not an SEC loss, but I think you put some things on tape that make you concerned if you're an LSU fan. So I think it's still Georgia till it's not at this point. Um, but I think there's still a lot of just things that are unknown as it pertains to Bama, to LSU's defense, to what Joe Milton's going to be at Tennessee in the long run. Heck, what's Florida going to be? Like, there, there's a lot of unknowns still in my mind. Kentucky, we haven't talked about Kentucky nearly enough. Like, a lot of things that are still unfolding. And so for that reason, I'll say it's, it's as wide open as I think it could be at this point in the season with a team like Georgia coming off two national titles. You know? Yeah. You feel me, Nick? Feel also, the, the, uh, the people, sorry to cut you off, the people that watch the show live on YouTube, one, we freaking love you. Also, thank you for that. Uh, if you're confused as to why I'm typically looking to the right of the two box that you're watching right now, if you're on podcast, don't worry about it. But I'm looking right because Nick is directly to my right. And so it's, it just feels unnatural to look into the camera, which maybe I just need to get over it. But just it, to see you in real time, Nick, is just a treat. So that's that's why I look over <laughs> to the right for, you, for everyone that's uh, yeah. been wondering. Well, you also insist that your monitor uh, is off because you don't like looking at yourself. Oh, no, high show. maintenance, man. What are you going to do? High <laughs> no, maintenance. That's, that's a pretty valid. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want that on either. I'd always be looking down. Um, last question, Jay. There are a lot of good questions. If you don't get to them, please come back on Tuesday. Mm. Um, or, like you said, uh, ask them tomorrow on your Instagram page. Mm -hmm. uh, this one's from Aaron. Is the Big 12, top to bottom, bigger than, better than the Big 10 this year? Wow. That's a big statement, man. Top to bottom? It's hard because I don't know if I can get past the top, really, for, for the Big Ten. Like, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all three could be college football playoff teams. Texas is your playoff contender from the Big 12, probably. We'll see what Oklahoma is in the long run. Kansas State's going to be a, a problem, I think. But, like, ultimately, man, I still probably lean Big Ten. Um, I mean, Iowa, we don't know what they are yet, but they're good defensively. they got problems offensively. I see what you're saying. I see the merit there. I think the, the very bottom of the Big 12 probably has a little bit more 
intrigue to it. I, I'm going to lean, though, just the, the top of the Big Ten. I mean, you have three teams that are in the top ten right now if you're the Big Ten Conference. So we're going we're, we're gonna to lean Big Ten right now. I see your argument. Let's, let's get some more football played, and we'll uh, have a better feel for that. But I'm going to lean Big Ten there. Yeah. It's good stuff, Nick. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, man. it would have been easy for you to say, hey, big dub last night. I played well. <laughs> yeah. And just to mail it in. You could have just mailed it in. But you, you say, should've. no, we got a show to do. Got people that are going to be tuned in. We got final thoughts predictions Thursday. And you just you just gritted it out. So we appreciate you, brother, for, for making it happen on a big time victory Thursday for you. Yeah, absolutely. Safe travels this weekend, JD. And good luck to everybody's uh, fine football uh, institutions this weekend. You're the man, Nick Brake. Tell you what, man, they don't make them like him anymore. I wish they did. Be a lot better for everybody in the world if they did, but one of one model has been discontinued. So we appreciate him and all he does for this. Making the chat roll, producing the show, live punching the show, getting the camera set like a, a minute before we go on air because I'm in here like a minute before we go on air. But again, to y'all, we do not take this for granted getting to have this back and forth with y'all. Getting to talk about college football for a living, it's ridiculous. The greatest job in the world. And for y'all to be tuned in makes it the greatest job in the world. I cannot wait to see so many of y'all from the Tennessee side of things, from the South Carolina side of things, two elite programs getting after it in Neyland Stadium at night, no less. Going to be electric. Again, if you want to stay up with all that we're doing here, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it now. No worries. At JD Pacal on both those platforms. Once we get off the air, those are the best ways for us to kind of put our heads together and talk about things and have conversations. Again, Q&A tomorrow on my Instagram page. If you like gambling picks, we're putting them out tomorrow. We've gone four and one outside of the against the or at your own risk picks. Follow us there on Instagram and uh, we're going to try and keep a good thing going. All right. Hey, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Y'all dominate the rest of this Thursday. Dominate tomorrow, Friday. We'll have a phenomenal college football Saturday. We're going to keep this party rolling. We will see y'all next time. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.